of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member? For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a Swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Uh, and the coaches who are hoping and praying that TCU or USC will lose now that they are the number five team in the latest college football playoff rankings with one more ranking to go. That'll be Sunday afternoon at 12 o'clock. The games, championship games for the Pac-12 and Big 12 will be played on Saturday night. So let's talk to Steve Hellwagon from Bucknuts.com first about what went wrong Saturday against Michigan and then what the Buckeyes' chances look like getting into the playoffs. Steve, how are you today? Well, I'm doing good. What's going on? Well, we're we're sitting here talking about uh, you know what went wrong again, second year in a row because for so long, Steve, uh, we didn't have to deal with this, right? Didn't have to talk about it. If you're a Buckeye fan or you're a Buckeye media member, you were writing uh, stories about wins and fans were celebrating another victory over the Wolverines. Well, for the second year in a row, they've turned the tables physically manhandling whether Ryan Day wants to admit it or not them as they've given up 600 yards rushing and 87 points in two games I was shocked that maybe not so much Michigan won the game but what happened in the second half getting blown out 28 to 3 so from being there talking to people players coaches that played and coached in the game Steve what is your take looking back on what happened Saturday well, I mean, it was obviously a, a three-and-a-half-hour football game where Ohio State, uh, for the first quarter and a half, seemed to be cooking along like everything was going to be okay. I mean, they scored a touchdown on the very first drive, went up 7 to nothing, and then Michigan kicked the field goal. It was 7-3. to three, And slowly but surely, one development at a time, things just kind of started swinging back toward Michigan. And I think it was rooted in the fact that Ohio State drove into scoring position twice there uh, in the first half after getting that early touchdown and uh, didn't get another touchdown. They they settled for a short field goal. Yep. And then they turned it over on downs on a fourth down uh, try uh, later on about the 34-yard line. So, Instead of having that game at 17 to three, or perhaps even as high as 21 to three, it was only 10 to three. So I'm sitting there with Patrick Murphy, who I work with, and I said, "I've seen this movie a thousand times, and they've just opened the door and yep. uh, let you know let Michigan live here. You know, they've 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 allowed them to stay in this game. So I think their conservative nature, when they had it in scoring position twice early in the game, opened the door. And then from there, uh, it was one of the worst defensive performances I can ever recall uh, an Ohio State team having. Just one breakdown after another, one blown coverage after another, and perhaps the worst game an Ohio State secondary has ever played, and it couldn't have come at a worse time. Obviously, this was the big one. This was it. Everything was on the line against Michigan. And here's Michigan with J.J. McCarthy, who's not exactly – uh, one of the Big Ten's leading uh, prolific passers, just a guy who's kind of a caretaker of the offense, good, a good, a good offense runner basically, and he just picked him apart. And 
it was just uh, kind of a snowball that started rolling downhill on Ohio State. They couldn't get it stopped. And uh, second half, I mean, it was just uh, as bad defensively as it could possibly be. So, um, you know, and, and, and obviously uh, they never did get in the end zone in the second half either. So a lot of blame to go around, guys. But I think out coached, out played, out hustled, out worked. All of it, and uh, kind of disgraceful when you think about it. That it was the uh, it was the big game. It was the one yeah. they'd been waiting on for a year, and uh, they laid a complete egg. So uh, from about the end of the first quarter on, it, it it was dominated by Michigan. I don't know if they psyched themselves out thinking about last year's game for so long, and, and just trying to harp on the fact that we're not going to get pushed around, and we're going to go ahead and we're going to change our defense. You bring in Jim Knowles now. A lot of people want to give the credit. Most of it is due towards the head coach. But let's face it, he's the one who makes all the final calls on most of the decisions. But when you look at this defense and the way they played or lack of it in the second half, Jim Knowles, who's been on record as stating, I'm willing to give up five big plays per game. Those five big plays came back to bite you in the hind end. And the problem here is, how do you not make adjustments and leave what we've been saying all season long, the weakness of this team, on an island by themselves in that secondary. Why did they continue to blitz the quarterback? Yeah, great question. And I think that that was uh, obviously uh, one of the critical plays in the game. It was 10-3. to It was 3rd and 9. And uh, they brought – I had my binoculars on it. They brought seven players. Mm-hmm. They had seven guys lined up within two yards of the line of scrimmage. And uh, nobody bailed out. So it was zero coverage, no safety over the top. And uh, the quarterback backpedaled and, and got it off uh, in the left flat to Johnson. And he made uh, Cameron Brown miss, and he was gone. You know, we've seen it a mm-hmm. hundred times on the highlights since then. Just, you know, you keep wondering, is somebody going to tackle this guy this time? Nope. He went the distance, and now it's 10 to 10, and you've let the monster live. You've let them believe that they could play with you. And, uh, you know, they, they build a monster there. So, uh, yeah, it, it was pathetic. Uh, obviously, Cameron Martinez on the next one uh, to Johnson bit on an out fake, and uh, Johnson came back in on a deep post route and hauled it in, and, and Martinez isn't even in the camera frame when he catches it. So uh, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's alone in coverage on that deep ball and nowhere to be found. So, you know, there's blame to go all the way around. Sure. Denzel Burke gave up a, a long one. Mm-hmm. Brown gave up that short pass that turned into a big one. Uh, Lathan Ransom uh, had a pass interference on a deep ball. Uh, Ronnie Hickman had pass interference in the end zone that basically handed them a touchdown on a third down. And uh, Martinez had his. Uh, the only one who maybe didn't have a play that I didn't recall was Tanner McAllister. But, uh, you know, I guess if you went back and found something, I'm sure there'd be something there. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they've got issues. And, uh, you know, in the short term, you know, you wonder, is this team – uh, going to get back into the playoff picture if something happens this weekend or are they going to the Rose Bowl or what uh, what the situation is. And all that, that's fine and good. But uh, I think in the long term, I think that Ryan Day's got to take a hard look at this situation right. and say, uh, you know, we need some, some major talent upgrades. If they're going to compete for a championship next year, given what they're going to lose, who's headed mm-hmm. to the NFL and uh, – you know, what, what are the deficiencies were this year and where the lack of depth is, I think you could argue you need a running back, 
two offensive linemen, two defensive linemen because there was no pressure, and Zach yeah. Harrison's gone after this season, and uh, maybe two or three guys in the secondary. I think you've got to go hit the portal hard if you think you're going to contend next year with a new quarterback. Well, the thing they keep telling us is we've got talent. We keep getting the four- and five-star recruits. The problem with this offense, the way I saw it on Saturday, is the fact that, and it wasn't just Saturday, they've struggled for a while now in the red zone. Do they rely too much on the big play on that offense? Yeah, I think so. I think so. And Michigan did everything they could to try and take that away. I mean, mm. they did hit a deep ball to Harrison right before halftime, which uh, was was pretty big. Uh, you know, kind of kept them, you know, gave, gave them the lead going into the half where you figured, oh, they've got the momentum, although you knew Michigan was going to have the ball to start the second half. Uh, but uh you make a good point. There was just no consistency with the offense after the first drive. I mean, they just uh, they just struggled. And I think in the second half, something like one of seven on third down or something like that. So, yeah, it was uh, it was it was hard to watch. This this quote great offense was uh, ground to a halt. And I think some of it had to do with the fact that your two running backs, excuse me, Henderson and Williams, were not available. I mean, Williams did did try to play early, but uh, did not uh, was not able to play the bounce of the game. So they go to the emergency running back, basically Chip Trianum, a linebacker who played running back at Arizona State, and he was fine, fourteen carries, eighty three yards. But what I didn't understand was why the true freshman Dallin Hayden, who's explosive, who had back to back one hundred yard games coming into this past week, why he wasn't given a chance at all. Amen, Steve. For him, and I think he's a guy that could have added a spark to the offense, but they never put him in the game. So, you know, there are 100 questions stemming out of Mm -hmm. that game, and uh, Ryan Day spoke for 10 minutes, and Jim Knowles spoke for five or 10 minutes, and and, uh, honestly, I don't think we got uh, very many answers out of any of that. Steve, I thought it was the worst coached Ohio State football game since John Cooper going back to to the Michigan days. Ryan Day, his denial, talking about uh, when they were up 20 to 17 at halftime, how he thought they were physical and everything. And I'm thinking, what are you missing here? Or what don't you see, right? Yeah, you were physical, but you should be up by two touchdowns, not three points. And then the comments he made after the game, your point right now, how does Dallin Hayden not start in that game? Or once Williams is out, become the feature guy there with his speed to the outside. They went, they ran train him on that third down play. Uh, no, you run the fastest guy you have if you're going to the outside for that first down on that play, and they didn't do that. I thought it was the worst coached Ohio State football game going all the way back to John Cooper. How hot is the seat that uh, Ryan Day is sitting on because – Two years in a row, he's lost to Michigan. Two years in a row, he's not playing for the Big Ten Championship. And more than likely, two years in a row, he won't be uh, in the college football playoff. Yeah, it's a, it's quite a question. Uh, I think, you know, it's interesting seeing the comments from the Ohio State fan base. They've uh, fallen out of love with Ryan Day <laughs> and even the players. I mean, you, when you give up two long touchdown runs the way that they did, at the end of that game, you raised the question. I mean, did 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 you have enough to finish this game? Did you quit? And uh, I think that uh, Ohio State fans are are angry at the coaches, angry at their players. And yet, if you ask them if their team deserves to be in the playoff, they're going to turn around and say, "Well, heck yeah, they deserve <laughs> to be in the playoff." So, you know, that that's just the nature of Ohio State fans. I mean, it just 
uh, knee-jerk reaction sure. is what it is. But uh, this guy is under contract, I believe, through 2028, which is like five, five or six more years at close to $10 million a year. So he's not going anywhere. They're not going right. to buy him out for $50 million or something stupid when they lost $60 million in the COVID year just a few years ago. Uh, you know, people will – We'll have to, you know, re- retain judgment on whether this was a good contract or not, or whether he's going to live up to his end of it or not. And uh, I think that his his choice now is to just go back and go to work and get the best players they can through recruiting. There'll be a signing day coming up here in a couple of weeks, and he was out on the road recruiting this week. That's what happens when you don't make the Big Ten championship game. They hand you an itinerary and mm-hmm. they tell you go, and uh, that's. Uh, that's just the way it is, you know, in college football recruiting and coaching. I don't think he's going anywhere, to be honest with you. And uh, people will say, well, he can't win up there next year. Well, you know, I don't know what Michigan's going to have coming back. I, you know, I would have presumed Coram's going to be gone. Not that they needed Coram to beat Ohio State by 22 points, but uh, for a lot of the season, he was the whole offense. So, right. uh, you know, have a new quarterback at Ohio State, McCord or Brown, going up there. And, but you'll have talent around them. Marvin Harrison Jr., Mecca Buka, JT Tui Maloal, Jack Sawyer, and so on. So you're going to have a few players. You're going to have a team that's going to be in this basically the same position a year from now. Could lose at Notre Dame to start the season. You never know. But uh, going to be 10-1, and 11-0 again, probably right there at the end of the season. And, and do they win that game? I'm not writing them off that they couldn't win it. So, you know, I again – it, it, it's easy, and this was a game that was eight points with eight minutes to go and ended up 23 points. So, well, think about this. if two years in, in, Out of two years, and Jim Harbaugh had lost that game seven years straight. You think somebody yeah. was going to be on the hot seat, you would have said, in that game, it's going to be Jim Harbaugh. In two years, he has turned the tables so rapidly that there are some people trying to call for Ryan Day's head. Now, I'm not one of those people because when I think about it, there are a couple of differences they could have made. Can they make adjustments during the game? Yes, we'll find out. Can they learn from a loss like this? But we also have to be careful what we wish for. What's a guy lost now? Five games since he's been there? Yeah, he's 31-2 and two against the Big Ten. It's just that the two turned out against to be, you know, the University of Michigan. And as I said, uh, you know, they, they aren't getting rid of him. And, and better yet, you know, who, who would you get? There's a lot of Mike Rabel talk. Obviously, that's popular with him doing such a great job with the Tennessee Titans and Luke Fickle just took the job at Wisconsin, perhaps in three years down the line, maybe he'd be in line to be the next coach at Ohio state. I don't know, but uh, yeah, I I don't, I don't foresee uh, anything happening with Ryan day. And I think, I think what, what happens next does bear uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of watching because you know, if they don't backdoor their way into this playoff, to me, it seems like they would be going back to the Rose Bowl, which usually, I don't know if it's a hard and fast rule, it seems like it is. They take the highest ranked Big Ten team that's not in the playoff, but if it's not the champion team. So, like, if Purdue were somehow to upset Michigan this week, they would go to the Rose Bowl. But, uh, and Michigan would still be in the playoff. I don't think there's any right. doubt about that. But uh, Ohio State needs uh, either TCU or USC to lose. And, and even if one of those teams does lose, it may not be enough hmm. uh, for them to eclipse them to get into the playoffs, So, uh, having not played this week. So, uh, to me, what happens next, whether it is the Rose Bowl, and if they have to go out there and play with 
you know, a backup quarterback because C.J. Stroud would sit out because of the, the NFL draft ramifications, which, you know, again, part of the fan base is like, thank you and goodbye, you know, for him because he never got it done. Uh, you know, I get them a head start like Marvin Harrison had in the Rose Bowl last year on the upcoming season. So uh, I want lot, that to happen, Steve. Lot, lot's going to happen. Yeah, lot's going to happen in the next several weeks. If it is the playoff, then you take your chances. It'd probably be against Georgia at the Peach Bowl, one versus four. But, you know, you'd be walking into a hornet's nest down there in Atlanta. But, uh, hey, you know, this is the bet that you've uh, made for yourself. So whatever comes next, you just take it, react to it. That's all they can do right now. Yeah, see, I, I want that to happen. I personally think C.J. Stroud isn't ready for the NFL, and I'm going to go back and fall on Justin Fields, who's better than C.J. Stroud, in my opinion, uh, and the late Dwayne Haskins. Both of those guys uh, had the opportunity, and while Fields is still a starter, uh, hasn't proved that he's ready to be a uh, you know top-flight quarterback in the NFL, and for whatever reason, Buckeye quarterbacks don't translate to the NFL, and after watching C.J. Stroud face an NFL-type defense in Michigan and struggling even against Maryland, uh, you know, I don't think he's ready for the NFL. Is there any, any, any chance he decides, no, I'm going to I'm gonna come back next year? Or is that ship sailed and uh, the next quarterback is whoever wins the battle? You know, I haven't looked at updated draft rankings, but my guess he's still a top 10 pick, even though he has struggled at times here uh, down the stretch. Um, my guess is he's still up there, and if he's still up there, then then you go and you take that money. I, I don't think there's any any, okay. any question about that. So I mean, I, again, I don't know. The big money, you know, as we all know, is now in the second contract. It seems like for these NFL guys, and I you know, just I, my one point of reference was the Baker contract. You know, he was given a five year deal, and you know, and and you know, his big money was supposed to come on his second deal, which. Yeah, that's a bad example because now he's going to be looking for work somewhere, you know. <laughs> you, but, you Steve, what about whatever, NIL? Whatever deal the Browns offered him at whatever point, yeah. he should have taken it. Because... Right, right. What about <laughs> NIL, though, factoring in? Because C.J. Stroud was one of the top-paid uh, college football players this year, supposedly, at about $2.5 million with the NIL money. What about Could that change his mind possibly coming back and getting an insurance policy as well as making NIL money to try and come back, beat Michigan, and win a national championship next year or no? You know, I suppose anything is possible. I, I just can't okay. foresee it because, All you right. know, I don't know what, what those guys make. What what was the Baker deal? Was it five years, 25 when he came out or 550? Yeah. I, don't, I don't know. Well, yeah, it was, what, it was what, in the, the 25s. Yeah, so I mean that's five million a year for a, a top ten pick. Um, that, that's that's hard. I mean, in you know twenty, you know for five years you're you're pretty well locked in. So I I don't know. I I'm I I agree with everything you're saying. I think there's more that he could 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 learn. But you know, oh, yeah. years into this, I mean, how much. You know, I, I don't know what, uh, what you know what what more direction he's going to take. He he loses his offensive line. I think Dewan Jones, Paris Johnson gone uh, remains to be seen on Matthew Jones what he's going to do. He missed the game because of injury. Um, you know, the, the this this is a tough period in college sports and college athletics. Obviously, with all the the, the different things that are going on surrounding the sport. There could be guys that we're not even thinking about who are uh, playing in the league, you know, a transfer portal or 
you know, whatever. So uh, they got to be really active this offseason in plugging some gaps, in my opinion, and in 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 player development. I mean, that's that's got to happen because the product they put on the field in the secondary just, you know, you can't win a national championship no. with those players. No, just no doubt. Hey. Real quick, I just looked at Baker Mayfield. Counting this year, he'll have made $38 million over five years. Now, that was the yeah, first overall see? pick money, okay? So, yeah, I don't yeah. think Dwayne Haskins is number one overall, you know? So, yeah, exactly, um, exactly. Uh, yeah, I, to be honest with you, uh, you know, I, I believe he's going to go, and he talked okay. like he was gone after the game. Right. I mean, he'd play in the playoff and probably not play in the Rose Bowl he didn't say it that way, but you can read it from his body language. He, he said goodbye and, and loved us all as he was setting out. So right. I think that was his farewell address. In his I, I agree. But. I agree with you. Steve Hellwagon, our guest, Bucknuts beat reporter, um, uh, and he does a great job covering Ohio State football and basketball. Before we let you go, Steve, you're the, what, tell us about the Buckeyes bas- men's basketball team. They're playing Duke tonight, right? They're, they're on the yes, road at Duke I'm, in the ACC Big Ten Challenge, right? And I'm going to be here. I'm sitting in a hotel room in Raleigh, North Carolina, getting ready to head over to Cameron Indoor Stadium. I was there 10 years ago. Aaron Kraft and Deshaun Thomas were on the team, and they gave Duke uh, quite a scare. But uh, Duke uh, pulled that one out by five points. Very tough place to play. Uh, that was a matchup of top five teams, and they both went to the Elite Eight that year. So it was uh, a high-powered game. I don't think we have quite uh, quite as much uh, on the court tonight. We've got a lot of potential for Duke. They had four of the top 20 signees in last year's class, and uh, John Shire, the first-year coach, starts four of those guys as true freshmen. Uh, the one guy you've got to watch out for is Ryan Phillip, Phillip, Philipowski. Easy for me to say. He's yeah. a seven-footer. He reminds me a little bit of Kevin Love because he's a seven-foot guy that could do anything he wants on the basketball court. So uh, he uh, he's one uh, to keep an eye on, and I don't know who from Ohio State's going to guard him. But uh, the Buckeyes had a great showing in Maui last week. They went two and one, lost to San Diego State, beat Cincinnati like a drum, and then they outlasted uh, Texas Tech, a ranked team, in the last game. So uh, they played really well, scored the ball very well in Hawaii, and. They're going to go into camera tonight, and uh, they've got enough veterans to go around the freshmen that they're playing that uh, they're going to give Duke uh, a good game here tonight. And Duke got ran off the court on uh, Sunday out in Portland, lost by 20 points to Purdue, uh, which wasn't even a top-10 team at that time. So, uh, you know, they have that big kid, 7-4 Zach Eady, but uh, they're really kind of filling in around him, and, and they took Duke to the woodshed. So this is not a vintage Duke team, and they got a rookie head coach, so uh, they're kind of on the firing line here tonight. All right, Steve, great stuff as always, uh, football, basketball-wise. We love the work that you and your teammates do there at Bucknuts.com. Keep up the fantastic work. We'll talk to you next week, and we'll see if the Buckeyes are playing in a playoff game or it's going to be one of those bowl games that nobody will care about, Steve, all right? Yes, say a prayer and and try and fall back in love with the Buckeyes if you can. So there you go. There you go. Sounds good. Steve (laughs) Hellwagon checking in, as he always does with us.